Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. During our series, Built to Last, we're taking a deeper look into some of the foundational principles that can help us make lasting changes in our lives. Enjoy this week's message. All right, well, good morning, guys. You did it. Spring break weekend, time change, viruses looming, and you're in church. Come on. Pat yourself on the back for that. But don't touch your neighbor. We're a touch-free zone today. <laughs> but turn to your neighbor, give them the biggest smile you've given this morning, give one to your other neighbor as well. We're a friendly place even though we're not touching today. I want to welcome those of you also watching online, joining us today, those watching by video. We are continuing uh, the Built to Last series, the encore to the series added an extra week. You guys said you wanted more. You just didn't say you wanted who. You weren't specific in your request. <laughs> And you got me, but it's going to be fun uh, today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me uh, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time. But we're going to start off with our theme verse, which is in Matthew chapter 7. The theme verse of the entire series, Jesus talking here, Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... Is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You see, we've learned it's not, you've got to hear, but it's not just hearing. It's hearing and then putting it into practice. Jesus is saying, you got to put some action to this. And so we've been talking through things we're putting action to, not just intentions, not just hearing, but actually acting on them. You know, there's been intentions and actions I've been living. Like I've had the intention since the start of the year to lose 10 pounds. Everybody else had that intention. My son says, I have muscle, it's just covered by cake. And so my teenage son, he's kind of getting on me, so I'm like, okay, we got to get the cake off. But it's been an intention because my actions have been eating cereal every night at 9.30. Does anybody else just crave cereal at 9.30? I mean, I, I'm trying. I mean, I look in the mirror, and I'm like, I'm doing pretty good. Right, I see some abs, then I turn sideways, right? It's like, oh, man, right? You realize those were all just shadows, right? Those weren't abs, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, ugh, but straight on. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty good. But I'm trying. Are y'all hold me accountable to that. So there's a story on the Milestone Life blog this last week that shows really what it looks like putting these teachings into action. I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, Milestone Life blog story of Teresa and Jeff here. They own a local business here in Keller. And over the course of the Built to Last series, in their small group, Jeff felt convicted that their business was open seven days a week. And he felt convicted to close it on the Sabbath, to get his family in church, and to honor God with the Sabbath by putting him first. And that was a big step of faith for them to close their business on a weekend day. But I love they took that bold step of faith and Teresa uh, commenting about this step, I love what she said. She said this, in putting God first, we finally feel a peace about the business that we've experienced uh, in the five years we've owned it. So the first time they felt peace in their business is by closing this day, by putting, this, putting it first before God, by honoring the Sabbath. I love that. You see, any area of our life where we make Jesus first, we're gonna find peace in that area. But any area there's, he's not first, over time, we are going to experience that anxiety, the fear, the concern. So in this series, we start at the very top talking about building a foundation on a real relationship with Jesus. 
I'm talking about building on God's word, building on the Holy Spirit, building on praise, building on spiritual family. And then last week, Pastor Jeff had a great message for us on building on purpose. Today, I'm excited to share with you the next one, the final one in this installment. And we're talking about building on financial peace. Building on financial peace. And I think this one is one of the most important ones to add into the whole mix there because this is really a lot of the foundations for some of those other things we feel in life. When we surveyed you and asked, hey, what do you want us to preach on at Milestone Church? This was a couple of Easter's ago. You said relationships, marriage, parenting, purpose, stress, and then way down here was finances. But we all know it's those financial strains a lot of times that end up impacting all these things up here. And so we're talking about building the last, building the foundation on the rock Christ Jesus, and he has a lot to say about building that foundation on him, having peace in our finances. Jesus, in his sermon on the mount in Matthew 6, spends a portion of time talking about finances. And so in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 19, we're going to let Jesus preach to us. So in the Sermon on the Mount, he's got a little section here, the Sermon on the Mount, because he knows where we live. Verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourself treasure on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Continue to verse 27. It says, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? What a good word for us right now, with all the worry going on out there. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is so good. He knows his audience that day on the mountainside preaching, and he knows his audience today. He knows that we tend to worry, and that does create a little anxiety in our lives. And I love Jesus' words, but, you know, practically it's like, okay, okay, I believe that, I, I believe that, but, you know, I don't know about you, but how many of you today think, man, if I just had a little bit more money, I'd have a little bit more peace in my life? I know I think that way. I heard one guy, he said, he said, people, people keep telling me that money won't make me happy, but I sure would like to find out for myself, right? <laughs> I love that. I sure would like to find out for myself. See, we're talking about some money today, finances, but I gotta be upfront with you. We're not, there's, we're not passing envelopes out. There's not a big appeal to give. This is not a corrective message. Milestone, you are a outstandingly generous church. You really are. And I've been impacted, my wife and I, as much as anybody here. My wife and I, we were the first guest at Milestone in 2002, and we were the first ones impacted by the culture of generosity, people pouring and sowing into us. And for five years, we were members, just 
a part of this family, serving, giving a part. And then I came on staff. And when I came on staff, I, only was, I wasn't only a member, but now I'm also behind the scenes. And I'm seeing things and just really learning what a generous church milestone is. And I've helped to lead our church and the team when we take these steps to expand with building projects and creating more space to reach more people. And with these steps, we get some, some, some outside counsel regarding the finances with these steps. And I've been in the room where people that are from outside looking in on our finances, helping determine the next steps, and they say, man, your church is a generous church. Like the per household giving here is just, it's remarkable. There's not some big rich person in the wings that's paying for things. They see that, no, it's a bunch of families and individuals collectively all putting God first in their finances and bringing those gifts together and then a lot taking these steps. So Molly, you are a generous church. So thank you so much for your generosity. Today, a lot of you know that the foundation of your generosity brings that peace to your life. For some of you, this may be a new message though, some new things I'm bringing to you and inviting you in to experience this peace that God has for you in this area of your life. And so as we unpack this, we're just gonna go back to Jesus' message and we're gonna pull three points out of his sermon. So the first point is this. The first point is your heart goes to where you give. Your heart goes to where you give. Jesus is saying our heart and treasure, they're gonna end up in the same spot. Verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure and our heart are connected. This is a fascinating truth in scripture. This is a fascinating thing that only the person who designed us, created us, fashioned us, right, would be able to speak into this. Jesus is saying, look, I made you, I'm gonna point out something to you real quick. Where your treasure is, your heart is. They are connected. Because he knows us. And he's not saying it's wrong. He's just saying, this is how I made you. I want you to be aware of this. Because when our treasure is tied to our heart, that's going to make talking about money emotional. Because they're connected. Even if you talk about money, you're like, oh, man, I brought a guest today or this or this is what. Right? You know, it creates a little bit of a, you know, heaviness in the room. I talk about money. Right, some of you are waiting for your kid's number to come up on the screen, right? Theater one, seven, six, five, four. Like, bingo, we're out of here, right? We're, we're, all right, if more than one of you gets up the next time that we're on to you, okay? But it does, it creates a little bit of a heaviness because it's emotional. But it's not just church. Think about it practically. Right, when you get a raise, man, you're feeling good. But then you don't get the bonus. You're feeling down. Stock market's up, feeling good. Stock market's down. Woo. Right, and then you have an unexpected car repair, a medical expense, and then this and that, and you look at the family budget, and ooh, it can bring you down because our money's tied to our heart. It makes money emotional. If you saw these prayer requests up here, you can see, I need a financial breakthrough. Believing God for resources. The prayer requests that come in, a lot, they link back to this because, man, it's, it's a real part of our lives, but Jesus knows. He's gonna speak to it. He's gonna help us with it. So our heart goes to where we give, and the second thing Jesus says it's really powerful, is that God wants your heart with him. God wants your heart with him, building his church, advancing his kingdom, and impacting eternity. The cool thing about how God made us and wired us, our treasure being where our heart is, is that we can actually direct our heart. Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
we think about it the other way. We think, no, my treasure goes to where I'm passionate. My treasure goes to where I'm excited. Not so. Jesus, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. We can direct our heart by directing our treasure. It's fascinating if you think about it. Take a moment and just think of your least favorite person in the office. It's okay. It's a safe place, right? Your least favorite person. I mean, you got, it's a scale. You know, it's not anything bad about it. It's your least favorite person. I've got mine, okay? <laughs> All right, least favorite person. What if for the next several weeks, you just, I don't know, 10 bucks a week, you just invest in that person? You stop and get them coffee. You pay for their lunch. Bring them a gift card. Something, you just invest in them. I'm telling you, you do that, your heart, that least favorite person, it's gonna, the dynamic of that relationship will change because where our treasures, there our heart will be also. Think about it just where your treasure is in the stock market. Whatever that company is, you care a lot more about that company than all the others. They could do whatever, but that one, you know, you wanna see it do well. Maybe a missionary you're investing in, somebody that's serving in the, on the mission field, you care a lot about what they're doing and that work and that effort because your treasure's tied to that or a cause you're behind, research behind, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And where does God want our heart? God wants our hearts with him, building his church, advancing his kingdom, building eternity. God wants our hearts with him, with him first. He programmed this into us to really help us. The third thing Jesus is saying in his sermon here is to put God first and you will have peace and provision. Put God first and you will have peace and provision. You see, God only sits in the number, in the number one spot. That's his seat. Jesus take the wheel, yes, that's, he only drives. And when he's driving, there's peace. When we're driving our lives and he's sitting over here, he's not invited in the car, it gets a little rocky. But when we put him first, he brings peace. And this is in every area of our life. Matthew 6, says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then everything else is given to you as well. So we have to ask ourselves, is, is God first in my life in this area? Right? I ask myself that question. I, I love this topic. I love talking about this because I need it. Money doesn't lie. My heart is deceitful. For me personally, when I have to check my heart, check my motives, you know where I, what I do first? I follow the money. I look at the money. Money don't lie. See, God programmed this into us to help us. So we shouldn't just feel guilty by it. We should use it as a way, okay, I'm gonna direct my heart towards God. I'm gonna, oh, he's not first. I'm gonna put him first in my life in this area. Three points, remember? Your heart goes to where you give. God wants your heart with him. And so put God first in your finances. So these three points, I'm gonna give you the power principle that it, it allows you to, to execute all three of these points in one. One biblical principle that's been tested for thousands of years. And it's proved true time after time. When this is the foundation that people build their lives, they have financial peace. I'm gonna give it to you, it's this. The foundation of financial peace in our lives 
is putting God first through the tithe. Putting God first through the tithe. Now, I'll explain a little bit what the tithe is. It may be an entirely new term for some of you. Tithe is just a fraction. It means tenth, one-tenth. And it's a tithe is when we give 10% of our increase back to God. Give 10% of our increase back to God. In Leviticus 27.30, it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. Holy mean it's set apart. That, that 10%, it's set apart. That, God, this is yours. I'm so grateful that my parents, um, they built this foundation into me early on. My parents, they're first generation Christians. So interesting story, my parents, they got married really young. I mean, really young, I mean, senior skip week, right? Got married young. And yeah, I don't know what you did, but. So we got married and started a family young. But also another cool thing young they did is they gave their lives to Christ. They had a friend that introduced them to this person, Jesus. They told him that, man, it's Jesus. He came to earth, he's God's son. And he took all of our sin and shame on himself. And he went to the cross and he bore our sins and your weight and your guilt and your past and all those disappointments and all those hurts and things you did wrong. He put it all on himself. He died on that cross. And so by putting your faith and trust in him, you can be forgiven of all of that. You can begin a relationship with God. And then you can start a new foundation on him. A new creation in Christ Jesus, born again, start a new life serving him. And they said, yes, we're in. And so they jumped into this new life with Christ and they knew there was a lot that they didn't know about this word. And they were raising a young family and there's a lot they don't know. But they decided, you know what? There's a lot in here we gotta figure out. There's a lot of sanctification that has to take place. There's a lot of fruit of the spirit. There's a lot of room for those to grow. But we're gonna try to do the stuff that's clear and then we'll figure out those deeper, harder things later on. But we're gonna do the clear stuff. Not the easy stuff, not the simple stuff, but the clear stuff. A couple of things that were very clear to them and are very clear in scripture is they were gonna put God first in honoring the Sabbath and they were gonna put God first in honoring him with their tithe. And so I grew up, my family, we had a uh, family restaurant, the Fort Myers Beach Island Deli and Family Restaurant. And it was down on the beach and that's where I grew up, in the restaurant. Now this restaurant though was a great place but it was closed on Sunday. Now, how many of you, when you want Chick-fil-A on Sunday, right, and you're like, oh, I mean, really, isn't that legalistic? It's religious, like it's religious. I mean, they, they really, it's, church is on Saturday now too, and they should be, you know, right? Like you get mad when they're closed. And, but can you imagine a whole island mad at you? I'm a kid, and people are like, why are your parents closed? I'm like, because we go to church. And like, not good enough. <laughs> like, so... But here's what, there was no question who was first in my parents' life. And it was a big decision because when you're in season down there, you know, you have spring break season and you're pretty busy during the weeks for about a month. But then the rest of the year, you're really depending on those weekends, a lot of local traffic that keeps you in business. So to close on a Sunday means you're giving up almost half of your potential profits. And so it was a big sacrificial decision, but they said, no, we're gonna trust God, we're gonna put him first. Second area, we're gonna put God first in our ties. And so my parents, and they're learning this stuff, and they're trying to get us in church, and they're doing their best. Like, this is, this is what you do. There's a lot they didn't know to teach me, but they said, this, you do this. 
My dad never taught me to budget, but he said 10%, that goes to God, always. Okay. And so early on, I worked at that restaurant. I ran errands. I was the delivery boy. And I'd get tips, and I'd add them up, and boom, 10% every weekend. I started managing the parking lot next door and parking car, making more money, 10%, boom. I'm so grateful for that foundation that my parents put into my life. There's a scripture in the Bible that really paints the picture of what the tithe looks like and how we are to bring the tithe. So in the book of Malachi, if you know where that's at, you can look it up. Otherwise, I'm gonna put it on the screens here. Malachi or Malachi, if you're Italian, 310 here. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, never get salt. Never get salt. We're getting heavy. He's like, I'm not Italian, you know, but for now you are, Malachi, Malachi. All right, Malachi 310. He says, Bring the whole tithe. This is God speaking through Malachi. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. A couple of things I wanna highlight from that set of scripture there is bring the whole tithe. I love how God is, says it how it is, right? He didn't say bring the tithe because he knows how we operate. You know, what's a tithe? It's like 5%, 4%, is it a tip? And he's like, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So what's the storehouse? You know, you may be wondering, what is that? Is that, is that a conceptual language? But really, the storehouse was an actual, it was a room. In the temple, in Jerusalem, there was a room called the storehouse. And you really get a good picture of this room and its function in the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah 13, if you're familiar with the story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah is cupbearer to the king, but then he goes and rebuilds the walls of Jerusalem. Jerusalem gets back in order. He goes back working for the king, but then he realizes something. They say, hey, look, the temple's been abandoned. The storehouse is empty. He has to go back to Jerusalem. He goes back. He finds out the storehouse is empty. In fact, they rented it out to a guy as like a hotel room. And then the priest and the singers that led worship at the temple, because there is no supply in the storehouse, it says they had to go back and work their fields. And so now the storehouse is empty, the priests, the singers are out working their fields, and the needs of that community are not being met. The widow, the orphan are not being cared for. Nehemiah comes back, says we need to get the storehouse back in order. Now Malachi, he's a contemporary of Nehemiah. So when he says, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse, he's talking about this situation. Hey, bring the whole tithe back to the storehouse. And so Nehemiah, he sets it back in order. The storehouse is full. Priests are back working. The singers are back leading worship. The needs of that community are continuing now to be met. You see, when the storehouse runs dry, ministry breaks down. The way it practically works is if this is where Milestone's called you to fellowship, right, to receive from and to give through, this is your storehouse. This is the place where God's called you to give your resources to advance his kingdom. And you guys are awesome and we have a full storehouse. 
And that allows us to do these things like blessing single moms and taking care of widows and providing free camps and retreats for all of our veterans and everybody that comes through these doors and has a need. We don't only just help them with their need with a hand out, we give them a hand up and we have people that walk with them to get them on a journey to just solving the real issues and problems in life that might have led them there. You guys keep the storehouse full and we have lights on and air conditioning running and we're serving and meeting the needs of this community because you're a generous church. This is your storehouse. Then he goes on and he says this. He says, test me in this and see if I'll not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you can't contain it. You're like, God says, test me in this? See if I'll not open the floodgates of heaven, pour out blessing? Some of you are like, no way. Some of you are like, yeah, that's right. Some of you are like, huh? Right, it's new. Test me in this. I didn't add that to your Bible today. That's been in there for a long, long time. At some point, somebody's like, no. He is faithful to his word. Test me in this, he says. But I bring up this principle of how when we give our tithes and offerings, his blessing is released on our life. I'm very careful I don't give a lot of testimonies of, hey, this person started tithing and here's what happened. This person tithed and they got this. this per- because we give to give, we don't give to get. We give out of worship. We give to honor God, to say he's first. We give because when we put him first in our finances, he's first in our heart. We give to connect our heart to him. That's why we give. But I also need to be true to scripture. The scripture, there's not a, God is a God of more. He's got more for you. The less that he's called us to, though, the less is a selfless, right? Selfless. And to be selfless, what he calls us to, he calls us to give. He calls us to sow. He calls us to be generous. He calls us to even give up our life. But when he calls us to give, he also says, give and it'll be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. When he calls us to be generous, he says, yeah, be generous, but a generous person will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. You'll be enriched in every way, so you'll be generous on every occasion. When he calls us to sow, he says, I will supply seed to the sower. He who sows abundantly will also reap abundantly. When he calls us to give of our life, he says, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll have found it. Right, there is a less, but it's a selfless. And when we give God more of ourself and surrender to him, he gives more of himself to us. Finally, verse 12, in that section of scriptures, it says, then all the nations will call you blessed. This is the culmination of this whole passage. The nations will call you blessed. It's a testimony of our God when we put him first. We literally put our money where our heart is. This community looks at Milestone Church and they're like, wow, they really believe what they say. They really practice what they preach. It's a testament to our community, it's a testimony to our kids, to our world, because they see, man, this God's real to us. If I was sitting down with you and we were having this conversation like we're having, which I've had lots of times, there are some questions that I always get back. So we're not gonna do Q&A today, but I'm just gonna give you a few of the questions that I always get, and maybe this is one of your questions, maybe not. So one of the questions I get when I'm talking about tithing with someone and trying to help them to take this step in their life and see God's blessing, I don't, I honestly, I just wanna do it for them. Like one guy, I actually, I said, I will give you the money, I don't know if this is legal, but I will give you the money to tithe just to see you take this step. I want it so much for you. But here's some of the questions I get. 
isn't tithe under the law and we are under grace? I get asked this, and I answer it this way. I tell them, yes, it is under the law. And yes, it is under grace. See, the tithe is not just under the law, it's, it predates the law. You see, Abraham tithes into Melchizedek in Genesis 14. And then after the law, you see Jesus upholding the tithe, the principle of the tithe, and doing what Jesus always does by actually taking the matter right to the heart. And so I want to be clear, my personal conviction when it comes to this is that as a spirit-filled New Testament believer, the tithe, man, that, that is the floor of our giving. To Christ who has given us all things, right? I mean, that is the floor. And so if you, if you want to give more than 10, that's great. You don't be bound by 10% and give more, but that tithe, it is holy and set apart to the Lord, but you can give more. But to give less, that's a disgrace to grace, in my opinion, right? We are New Testament, spirit-filled, grace-filled believers. And you look at the New Testament, man, they gave it all. And so 10%, that's the floor of our giving. The other question I get is this. Do I tithe off the gross or the net? <laughs> I get it a lot. And you may ask the same thing. I'll answer it the same way I answer when I get asked. I just say, well, which one are you doing now? And the answer always is, well, well neither. I'm like, well, just pick one and come back, you know? <laughs> because here's what it is. It's, it's called convenient ignorance, right? Convenient ignorance. I get it. I do it, to my, I do it sometimes, too. I'm like, when I was a student, I'm like, I don't know how to take notes. Can I borrow yours, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I can't work the dishwasher. Uh, I'll do it. Okay. You know, it's convenient ignorance. Like, my dad had the dumpy car growing up, and it was a stick. My mom had a nice sports car. And so I'm like, I can't drive a stick. <laughs> You know, okay, you know, I'll take moms, right? It's, it's convenient ignorance. It's, it's we don't want to know that right answer or the information so that we can excuse ourselves from the accountability of it, right? But sorry, now you know, okay, now you know. Take one. All right, third question I get is, can I give my tithe wherever I choose? Can I give my tithe wherever I choose? And I think it's clear. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse. The storehouse, you know, it's functionally at your local church where God's called you to build with other believers and to serve and reach that community. And so if God's called you here, it's here. If it's somewhere else, it's there. And so at Milestone, we try to make it really easy, you know, for you to do this. We've got online uh, giving tools to make it easy. Uh, I think that's the same as bringing. You know, my wife and I, we do it online. And so, I mean, we're kind of, we're clicking our whole tithe, you know, to the storehouse, right? But it's just putting God first, and you give to God through your storehouse. And, and this may be a lot for some of you. You're already doing the math in your budget, and you're like, doo, 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 doo. in Milestone Church, we don't just throw things at you and say, hey, figure it out. We've got people, and we've got programs that help you with this. In just a couple of weeks, we have financial peace kicking off for another round. We've had hundreds and hundreds of people go through this and find literally peace in this area of their life, in their finances. We've got budget coaches to help if you need help with getting out of debt, different things. Like we really wanna help you in this area because it brings that peace to your life in that area which impacts a lot of other areas in your life. So that's coming up. There's information in your service guide on that as well. In closing, take you back to that restaurant I grew up in. So I asked my parents if our youth group could utilize the restaurant as a headquarters for a beach outreach night. And so on a Wednesday night, our youth group went down uh, to the beach and 
my parents' restaurant was the headquarters for the outreach. And so you got all these teenagers and we're down there and we're gonna pass out tracks and we got free food now. And we also have a, a Christian hair band, you know. This <laughs> is early 90s, you know. And things are a little slower down in Florida. And so we, it was about, you know, 82 probably there. But we're down there and we're reaching that, you know, beach for Jesus, having a good time. And it, it, was, a, it was a fun night. And the next day, we found out, though, that also on that same night, there were some German uh, business investors. And when they came down to the island and they were looking around at opportunities, they saw on a Wednesday night on the beach, there was one spot that was the happening spot. There was one spot, man, where all the action was, where people were hanging out, lively. There was one spot. They didn't know what was going on because they didn't maybe speak English, but they knew that there was something good happening there. And that next day, they made an offer to my parents to buy that restaurant, an offer they couldn't refuse. And within a couple of weeks, the deal was done. They sold the restaurant. Also, a couple of weeks before this happened, though, my parents began to be stirred. God was calling my mom to be a marriage and family counselor. That would require going back to school, going to seminary, and they knew that meant selling the business. And they said, God, if this is what you have for us, make it clear, make it obvious. Some German businessmen made it very clear and very obvious. You see, in Matthew 6, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be given to you as well. But the key to this story is not the financial testimony there. The key is that there's a young boy watching this. And he says, This God is real. My parents' faith is real. I'm going to serve this God. I'm gonna build my life this way. That's the foundation of financial peace. It's generational. I wanna tell you today that you can build this way. It may be a big step and a scary step, but you can build this way and you can have peace in your life in this area. You can set this foundation not only for your life, but also for your kids. And it's not too late. No matter how old your kids are, no matter how old you are, it's not too late. It's never too late with God. And you can have peace. And even though the rain may come, the waters may rise, but when you build on the truth of God's word, the rock Christ Jesus, your house will stand. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the principles, the truth of scripture. We thank you, Jesus, that you wired us, you made us, you know our strengths, you know our weaknesses, you know our proneness to anxiety and worry, you know how finances affects us. And God, I think you had a solution to it all. And God, I pray that every person here, that they can set that foundation in their life of putting you first and their finances through the tithe. And God, I pray you would unleash a blessing. I pray you would pour out a blessing from heaven upon their life, that they would have everything, not just financially, but the peace that comes from you, that peace that surpasses all understanding would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God, I pray also over our church, even with all the worries and anxieties that may be outside these doors, God, I pray, Lord, just your supernatural peace upon this spiritual family. I pray, Lord, we'd be led by faith and not by fear. God, I pray that we would have hope in you and not anything we see on the news. God, I pray that, Lord, you would use us in this season to be testimonies, Lord, of who you are 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.